This is the City of Refuge, Thomaston, Georgia, Sunday morning podcast. I want to say thank you to all you mothers. You know that uh, you, you you all put up with a with a lot of uh, with a lot of stuff from from us and from uh, from your children. We. From, from a man's perspective, we will never know what it's like and what all you mothers go through and what all you have to endure and the sacrifices that you make. And, uh, you know, and, and, and personally, you know, I, I am, this is, this is going to be a selfish statement, okay? So I'm going to tell you this, this up front. I am glad that I don't have to do everything that, that Monica does. And, and I know that's the case with, with, with all of you mothers because not only does she, you know, she work a full-time job and do everything that she has to do at work, she also makes sure that everything is taken care of at the house. She also makes sure that the family has what they need, that I've got what I need, the children have what they need. She makes sure that their school papers are signed. She makes sure that they're studying. She makes sure that their, their grades are where they need to be. And, you know, she, she does so much. Sometimes I, you know, I, and, and I'm just totally oblivious to some of this stuff. Um, you know, I mean, just day to day, you know, dinner stuff, uh, you know, and she's, uh, she's teaching Joshua how to cook and Joshua how to wash clothes. And she's teaching them how to, how to do all of this stuff that, um, that, you know, that they need to know how to do. But, you know, I just can't, can't imagine what it's like to be a mother. So I'm, I'm, you know, like I said, this is selfish. I'm glad that I don't make all the, have to make all those sacrifices. Um, but uh, I just want to say thank you because I, I know I know you all you all do. I do want to go back to this passage of scripture this morning that uh, that uh, Sully uh, read. Is that J.C. Mitchell back there? Hey, J.C. Hadn't seen you in a long time. It's good to see you. J.C. used to be my neighbor when I lived in Manchester, and uh, uh, so that, that's a that's, that's a good day. It's good to see you. Um, but, uh, but I, I do want to go back to this passage of scripture that, uh, that, um, Sully read this morning from Genesis. And I'm not going to read the passage of scripture again, but it, it talks about Enoch. Uh, all right. This is, this is other than in genealogies, this is the only time that, that Enoch is mentioned in the Old Testament. There are a couple of New Testament passages and scriptures that, uh, where Enoch is mentioned in, in, uh, Hebrews and then I think again in the book of Jude. But Enoch, it, it, we, we see this, the snapshot of his whole life in three or four verses, maybe five verses of scripture in, in the book of Genesis. It tells us that Enoch was the father of Methuselah and that when he was 65 years old, Methuselah was born. And then he lived for another 300 years, serving God, walking faithful with God. And then after, 300, after he was 365 years old, that God took him and he was no more. All right, so we, we, see, we see Enoch's life summed up in this one little snapshot. This one little brief image uh, of his life, and you know, and and as we as we look at other uh, characters or other not characters but other people from uh, from Scripture, we find that that the same is true in 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 their lives. We don't always see every day of their life. We don't see their whole life lived out. We see a brief little a brief little flash 
a moment where they had an encounter with God. Uh, some of them we see more than we do with others. You know, uh, we spent months or weeks and weeks going through the life of David last, last year. And I, I really, really, really enjoyed uh, going through the, the series of Jesus, David, and me, or David, Jesus, and me. What, how, what, I don't remember exactly what it was called, but I love those services. And I just want to take just a second to say how much I, I love to hear Pastor Jeff teach and preach. I love to sit under his ministry. I feel like, you know, that, that when, when I come in on Sunday mornings that I just want to open up and just take it all in and that I want to go back and, and, and go through it again and, and, and uh, you know, and, and just, just get it again and listen to it on the um, webcast and the podcast. Last Sunday, we were not here, but we, were list- we listened to services as we were driving back from Tennessee from, uh, from Pastor Jeff. And I just want to, you know, I just want to encourage you, if you're not getting in and you're not listening to the stuff on the podcast where, where he's teaching and he's preaching, go back and listen to it because sometimes, you know, it's easy for us to get distracted or we don't we don't hear exactly what you know what he's what he's saying sometimes our mind wanders somewhere else and and we don't get the full impact of what he's saying sometimes I need to be in a quiet place by myself where I'm just listening and I'm and I'm able to take that in so I encourage you to to listen to those podcasts if you can because they 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 are a blessing they are an asset and a resource that we have but we go back and we, we look at, at the lives of different people throughout Scripture, and we see, we see the, their, their snapshots. You know? We see the, just a flash of when they had an experience with God, or they had this encounter, or God used them to do this miraculous thing. And we see how God moved in their life. And then it'll be you know, years pass, and sometimes decades pass, and we see another flash, another snapshot. And we see another event where where God moved in their lives. You know, I love going back, and I love one thing that that we don't have a, a whole lot anymore, that we don't make a whole lot anymore, is, is households, is is old family photo albums. You know, I, I love going going and, and finding these old family photo albums and flipping back through and looking at these pictures, and and it reminds me of a of an event or an occasion. You know, where yeah, I remember this. I, you know, this is that time that you know that we were at Six Flags and it was pouring down rain, or this is the time where uh, I was on I was on the boat with Matt and we caught this huge fish, or you know, we we have these these snapshots of our life. And we and we see these photos and we see these snapshots and we and, and we're reminded of things gone of years gone by. Today, you know, we you know we uh, I, I have one or two photo albums that I that I still go out and I'm still kind of making, uh, but most of them have deer picture in it, you know. But um, but you know, we today uh, uh, two weeks ago I went on I, I went on Facebook. And uh, and I was looking at at our, at our photo albums, and I was just going back through years and years and years of photos, and these you know some of them candid shots where we're you know where we were you know doing this at the house or doing this at the yard, and you know and 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 I and I was I was noticing that you know when when we when we go through and I look at these photos and I'm seeing all of these all of this stuff that this went by, it shows it shows good times. It shows it shows happy moments. Matter of fact, there was a couple of photos that I remembered. You know, I, I think we we took a photo here and we didn't like it, so we just deleted it and took another one. You know, and we we got rid of the one where where somebody's eyes were closed or somebody wasn't smiling just right, and and we we uh, we we replaced it with a photo that was that we liked that made you know that we were happy with. And I go back and I and I look at these and I'm reminded of flashes and you know and, and I'm convinced 
that, uh, that I have forgotten a lot of my childhood. I, my dad gave me several years ago some photos of when we were, uh, when I, when I was little. And man, I love sitting down and looking at those photos. And I was like, well, I don't remember, you know, I don't, I don't remember when, when we went to, I don't remember going to Disney World, but I guess I did. Here's a picture of me at Disney World. You know, I was like maybe three years old or five years old or something like that. I don't remember how old I was. But anyways, I go back and I look at those old photos and I see these snapshots. And as we, as we read the Bible, it's important that we, that we know and that we remember that we're not seeing the day in and the day out and the daily grind that, that, that everybody goes through, that everybody struggles through. You know, I, I'm not taking a picture, pictures of myself, you know, and when I'm, when I'm on my way to work and I'm, and I'm going through just the day-to-day menial task of working through my job. I'm not taking pictures of myself, you know, when, when I'm having a bad day. You know, and, and as we look at these, as we look at the lives of people in the Bible and we see just these great grand moments uh, where they encountered God, we don't see their day-to-day routine. I think of, I think of, the, of Joseph. Joseph is one of the, one of the fellows that, that I, I look at and I think of. And, you know, and we saw good and bad stuff that happened in Joseph's life. You know, there was a lot of time that passed by, well, when Joseph was in prison, and we would see just a, a flash of when, when you know, he, he met the, uh, the folks from the, uh, the king's court and, and uh, he interpreted their dreams. And then years pass by and we don't see anything about Joseph. We don't know what he's doing. You know, he's just grinding it out day to day. You know, we, we read about the life of Abraham. And we, we read how Abraham was called to leave this land. And then he goes and he sets, sets up life in the, in, the, in, the, in the promised land. And then he's just living his life day in and day out, doing just the normal, ordinary things that everybody's doing, trying to make sure that he's got food for his family, making sure that he's got you know, a house and making sure that he's providing, making sure that he's got what he needs. And then we see, we see these encounters that he has with God. We see that he, that he, you know, that different times where he went and he uh, was uh, talking with the angels where he was trying to, uh, you know, uh, ask God if there's, you know, five righteous in the city or ten righteous in the city, will, will you not destroy the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah? And, you know, we see the time where, uh, the, where uh, Lot was uh, kid, kidnapped and taken off and he goes back and he gets them. We, we see the time where, you know, he has the encounters with the angels and they're telling him that he's going to have a, have a son and God's making his covenant promises with him and all of these are just flashes in his life all of these times are just are 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 the 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 high points and and the low points in his life and we know from the life of David that they were high points and they were low points but it's all that time in in the middle it's all that time in the middle where like the Bible says in that opening opening verse that, that Sully read where Enoch walked with God for 300 years faithfully you know, moms, dads too, one of the greatest things that we can leave for our kids is just a life of faithfulness, a life of obedience, a life of day in, day out, and the mundaneness of life, just being faithful to the voice of God, being faithful to the Word of God as we're walking through life. You know, things are not always going to be great and grand for us. We're all going to suffer and struggle through this, just the day-to-day life. Sometimes it, it, when we're going through this day-to-day life, it's going to seem like God is a million miles away. 
Some days we're going to wake up and, and we're, we're going to, it's, it's going to be one of those days where we just, it's like we just got up on the wrong side of the bed and we're just not in a good mood. We're just not happy. But we still have to be faithful. We still have to trust in God. You know, some days we're going to, we're going to have great days and they're going to be grand days and they're going to be fun family days. We have to be faithful. Sometimes we're going to see God show up in our life. We have to be faithful. And it's easy to, sh to be faithful and to follow God when things are going well, when everything is good, when everything is just rocking along like it should be. But what is it? And this, is, this comes from a conversation that we had in our men's class on Wednesday night. What is it that, that drives us to faithfulness? What is it that drives uh, Noah to, to, when he's 500 years old to go and to build an ark? What is it? Why, why, did he, why, did, why was he faithful in building the ark? It's because he simply believed what God said. You know, there are people all, all around the world today who, who say that they, that, that they believe in God, they believe or profess Christianity, but their, their lifestyle doesn't match up with what they say they believe. I believe that when I turn the oven on, that, the, uh, that that eye gets hot. And I do everything that I can not to touch it. Matter of fact, one, one day this week, Jonas was, was, cooking, uh, was cooking toast. And a piece of the toast fell down in the bottom of the, of the oven when he was trying to get it out. And it was up under the eye. And he and I were standing there and we were looking at it. We knew that we needed to get it out because it was starting to, you know, smoke. And it was starting to, you know, to, to smell the house up. But we were trying to figure out how to get this out. I couldn't stick some tongs up under it because it was, uh, you know, it was too low down. I was trying to get a fork up under there. But one thing that I knew that I did not want to do was touch that eye because I believed that that eye was hot. And since I believed that it was hot, it was, it was shaping what I was doing. I wasn't just sticking my hand in there and, you know, and, and, and getting it out because I, I didn't want to be burned. All right? God has made us all sorts of promises and proclamations in his word. And, 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 and so I have, to ask this, I have to ask myself sometimes, do I really believe the things that Jesus said? Do I really believe the teachings in the Bible? Well, if I really believe those things then they shape the way that I live my life. They shape the things that I do. They shape my thought process. When I believe what Jesus said and what the, what, what the Bible teaches, it, it changes the way that I live my life, and it pushes me toward a life of faithfulness and, com and commitment to the kingdom of God. So I ask you this morning, do we really believe the things that Jesus has said? Pastor Jeff has been, has been laying it out for us. He's been telling us the, you know, the, the, and focusing on the teachings of Christ. Do we really believe those things? Well, if we do, how are they shaping our life? How are they, how are they forming our thought processes? How are, they, how are they pushing us to be people of action? The Bible says that Abraham believed God. Simply believe God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Simply believing God shaped him and formed him in, in, in his actions. It was Abraham's belief in God that drove him up the mountain with, his, with Isaac to, to uh, sacrifice Isaac because he knew that God had made him a promise. He knew that he was going to become a, a great nation and he knew that that was going to be through Isaac. All right? He knew that that was going to happen. But yet when God told him, take the boy up to the mountain, Abraham went and got the boy and they went up the mountain. 
Because Abraham believed and took God at his word. How often do we just take God at his word, just the simple truths of God's word? How often do we, do we really focus on that? See, a lot of times the, the circumstances, what's going on in our life, shapes our, our actions more than truly believing in what God has told us to do. You know, we become conditional Christians. You know, as long as everything is going my way, as long as everything is just is smooth and easy riding, I'm going to believe and I'm going to follow God and, and I'm, going to, I'm going to trust in Him. But you know what? Life isn't always that way. Life is not always going to be smooth sailing. We know that, that Jesus, that, that the Bible teaches that Jesus says that there, there will be trials, there will be tribulations, there will be times of suffering. We don't always like to hear that. What do we do when, when we find ourselves like the, the Hebrew children, all right, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they're, when they're facing the, the, the fiery furnace? This is another, just a snapshot. You know, we, we read about them here in the scripture and we see that, that they're, they're put in a position whether they're either going to follow the God that they believe or they're going to bow down and they're going to worship, uh, worship an idol. What, what, do the, what do they do? They let their beliefs shape their actions. They truly believe that, that God is the only God, that He is the one God. So they, they say, we're not going to bow down. We're not going to worship. And we have this snapshot of their life where they're, where they're thrown into the fiery furnace and where they're, they're, uh, they're saved and they're preserved. But it was, it was because of their belief, because they knew who they served. And you see... The more we know Him, the more we trust Him, the more that we believe Him, the more that we serve Him. The more that we develop our relationship with Him, the more that we walk in process with Him, the more, that we, the more time that we invest in our relationship with Him and our walk with Him, the more we, we know Him, the realer He is to us, and the easier it is for us to believe Him and to trust Him and to act on the words that He says. Do you believe this morning? Every one of us, I believe every person in here would say, yes, I believe in God. Yes, I believe in, in, in Jesus. I believe that He died for my sins. But how does that shape your life? How does that shape your day-to-day -day interactions with other people? How does that, that shape your response when you find somebody in need? How does that shape the way that you, that you treat other people? We look at John the Baptist, we see a few flashes of his life in the New Testament. We find him out baptizing by the river, proclaiming the word of God. We see him facing opposition from the Sadducees and the Pharisees. We see him standing for what he believes in. We see him baptizing Jesus. We later see him beheaded. His belief and his 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 relationship and his walk with God is what pushed him all the way to the point of being beheaded because he, he believed in what God, God said. What about Peter? You know, Peter, Peter's always, you know, the, the guy that's sticking his foot in his mouth. He, at one moment, he's professing, yes, I believe that you are the Christ. And the next moment, he's saying, no, you're not going to go to the cross. We'll defend you. We'll give our very lives for you. And then he's saying, I don't know who that man is. Even though he had walked with Jesus, he really didn't understand what the mission of Jesus was. Not until the end. What do we do to facilitate our, our walk with him? 
What do we do to facilitate our relationship with Him? How do we, how do we grow in our relationship with God? Some might say, you know, coming to church. Some might, you know, might say it's, it's um, you know, doing, participating in the outreach. But our, our growth and our walk and our, and our, our growth in our relationship with Him comes through just our day-to-day, mundane life stuff where we fellowship with Him, where we talk with Him, where we commune with Him, where we talk to Him, He talks to us, and we're obedient to what He says. We begin to trust Him. Then, we're, then we, we may find ourselves in a, in a situation where, like Peter, where Jesus told him, yeah, get out of the boat, come on. And there's this high moment of, of great faith. And we step out of the boat and we're walking. And then we look around and we see the waves that are all around us. And we begin to sink. But we got to know that when we begin to sink, that he's right there just to lift us up and to walk us back to the boat. We got to know that even, even when things start to go south, when things start to go bad, that He's going to be there. We've got to be able to trust in Him. We've got to know that He's going to be faithful to us, that He's going to stand by His Word. I was having a conversation with Joshua last night, and, and uh, he and I were talking about different things in, in the Bible and different you know, uh, things that, that you would read in commentaries or different theories and stuff. And I, and I told him, you know, you know, a lot of this stuff that we're, we're talking about, it, 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 it's good stuff to study. It's nice, but it doesn't have anything to do with our our relationship with God. It doesn't have anything to do with our one-on-one walk with Him and what He's done for us and how we need to treat other people and how we need to live out, live out our Christian walk and our Christian faith. Just the day-to-day consistency, day in, day out, walking with Him. I do want to read a, another passage of scripture in the book from the book of James. You know, James talks about faith and works. He says, "You show me your faith by what you say; I'll show you my faith by what I do." Guys, that's the that's one of, that, that that's key to our relationship and our walk with Christ. It's not just words; it's not just lip service. But it's the things that the, the things that we do. Now I'll be the first to admit that I don't always do the right thing. I don't always have the right attitude. I don't always say the right things. I don't even always treat other people the, the way that I should. All right, and 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 that that's hard to confess and admit sometimes. But we have to have a real honest look at ourselves and a real honest evaluation of ourselves. Are we doing the things that Jesus says to do? Are our faith and our deeds working together to produce a fruit? To produce a, a, a fruit or a work that will, that will benefit eternity? That will have eternal impact on somebody else's life? Read from James. It says, What good is it, brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions, can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye, good day, 
stay warm, eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What does that do? Do we really believe that Jesus told us to feed the naked? I mean, to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked? I hope nobody, I never have to feed the naked. <laughs> Sorry. But, 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 what, but what is that? What is, you know, wh what do we do when we're faced in those situations? You know, I can't feed every hungry person that, 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 that there is. But, you know, what we have to do is we have to listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit. And we have to depend on the voice of the Holy Spirit to speak to us. When the Holy Spirit speaks to us and He says, meet this need, feed this hungry person, clothe this person, buy this pair of shoes, send this money. We have to listen and be in tune with the Holy Spirit and we have to do those things day in and day out. Because when we believe that Jesus has said for us to do these things, and the Holy Spirit confirms it in our soul and in our spirit, we have an obligation to act. And when we don't act, our faith is just like the faith that we read about here. Faith without deeds is dead. It is no good. It serves no purpose. It doesn't get you anywhere. It doesn't get anybody anywhere. It's dead faith. It's like the folks in the and when Jesus was talking and he said in the last days there's going to be people who says Lord Lord you know we did this we did that and Jesus says depart from me I, I never knew you you know I was I went back and I was I was looking at that at this passage of scripture after we talked about it Wednesday night and you know Jesus never confirms or acknowledges that they actually did the things that they said they did but, you know, I, I would hate to live my life as someone, as someone who, who has a knowledge of God or who, or who believes that God is somewhere out there far off and distant. But I believe in God, but my life doesn't line up with, you know, with saying that I believe in God because there's no actions that push me towards a relationship with God or towards other people. And I just want God to stay, stay over there, to, you know, and, and I want to call on Him when, when things are bad or I want to have a relationship with Him when things aren't going just right. Let me read on. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and use, useless unless it produces good deeds. Now some would argue and some people would say that I have faith, others I have deeds, but I say how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith, you believe that there is one God? Good for you. Even the demons believe this. They tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you remember our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. So it happened, just as scriptures say, Abraham believed God and counted, and it was counted to him as righteousness because of his faith. He was even called a friend of God. So you see, we are shown right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Rahab, the prostitute, is another example. 
She was shown to be right with God because of her actions. You know, we wouldn't think of a, of a prostitute being, you know, someone that would, be, that, would, that, would, that would believe in God enough to do the right thing and to hide the spies and to, you know, and to help save her family. You know, there was a, a life-changing event that happened there at some point, I'm sure. I, I, you know, the Bible doesn't tell us when, when, there, when, the, when this event happened for her, but we know that we go and we see that she's listed as one, of the, as one of the women in the lineage of Christ. But something on the inside of her, because she believed that the Israelites were coming and that they were going to destroy them, they had heard the stories of, of the Red Sea. They had heard the stories of, of the pillar of cloud by day and the fire by night. They knew who the Israelites were. They knew that they were coming. And she found that it was in her best interest because she believed that to, to do what she could to save herself and her family. And, and they were saved. One thing that always amazed me is how the Israelites, having seen all of this stuff, witnessed the, the, the Red Sea splitting firsthand, witnessed the, the pillar of cloud by day and the fire by night, how they still struggled to walk in faithfulness to God, how they constantly rebelled against God, how they constantly would have a group that would rise up against God and... And, not, uh, and, and we're not serving God faithfully. I never understood, uh, you know, but that's me from my, my human standpoint. And then I look at my life and I say, well, what about this? What about this time that you, you know, that you, you didn't honor God or this period in your life when you were not faithfully serving God? You know, it's easy for us to cast stones at other people. It's easy for us to pass judgment and point at other people's failures and other people's weaknesses. See, the thing is, is... is is we don't ever know exactly what somebody else is walking through. Many of us, thank God, will never know what it's like to struggle and to walk with addiction. Many of us will never know what it's like to be convicted of, of major felony crimes, serve time in jail and serve time in prison. One of, my, one of my best friends in the world has recently gotten out of prison. And, you know, and... and Throughout the time that he was in jail, throughout the time that he was in prison, I maintained a relationship with him. I maintained contact with him. And, and, he, and he'll tell you today, I was wrong. I did everything. You know, I, I was guilty. I, I, I was absolutely wrong. You know, and it's easy for us to, to cast stones at, at that, to pass judgment and to push them aside. It's easy for us to look at somebody that, that we don't have necessarily common you know, uh, common stuff with. We don't have a common lifestyle with. We don't have common, you know, interest with. Or somebody that we see as, you know, as much as I hate to say this, sometimes as much as you say, well, this, this person is, you know, is, is down here and I'm up here. I think of the, the story of the Good Samaritan, how he got down in the ditch. Samaritans and Jews didn't associate with one another. They didn't like each other. You know, in their relationships and there there are, are things like that in our world today where people just, you know, just don't like other people or don't like other groups. But God's still calling us to love those people. So the snapshots in our lives, the things that we go through, we go through good times, we go through bad times. We have high points, we have low points. But we still have to enforce and 
reinforce our, our belief in God even in those low times. It's often that, that high time on the mountain that takes you through those, those times that, where we struggle. I asked Sully, I mean, Sully, I asked um, for um, a photo this morning. I'm sorry, Briggs, to be put up. My wife posted this photo on Facebook. Um, I don't know, it was a couple of weeks, maybe two weeks ago. It's one of my favorite pictures of my wife. I'm going to read to you what she wrote on her Facebook post. In just a minute. So she wrote, Five years ago today, I was in surgery for hours, having cancer cut out of my body. Today makes five years in the clear. This picture was about three weeks post-surgery and at my favorite place, the beach. What you can't see behind me is the smile that I have, or what you can't see behind the smile that I have is three drains hidden under my shirt and that I have scars and stitches. That is how, uh, uh, that is how it is for all of us, right? Underneath are hidden scars and pain that we want no one else to see. All I know to say in this moment, in this day, is hallelujah. You know, we all have things that we walk through. We all have things that we go through that are not pleasant. We all have scars. We all have past. We all have hurts. We all have things that we don't get over all the time. I remember she and I had a big big argument about her going on this trip. She wanted to go. I didn't want her to go. I didn't want her to go because she had drain tubes you know, hang, hanging out. I didn't want her to go because she still had her stitches. I didn't want her to go because I, I, I didn't want her to go to the beach because I was afraid she would set in the sun. I was afraid that she would get hurt. I was afraid it, you know, that, that it wouldn't go well. She's hard-headed. That's part of why I love her. But you know, isn't that the way that we that we live life? We 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 hide our we hide our hurts, we hide our pains. We don't show those in our in our in our flash, in our moment, in our picture. I remember when she when she sent. Or I, actually, I think my. Uh, Cassie may have sent this picture to me, and and she, you know, and they they sent it to me, showing, see, she's fine, she's all right. I knew that behind that, see, she's got her arm around behind her back. She's holding stuff out of the way. She's holding stuff that she don't want anybody to see in the picture out. It was one of the lowest moments in her life, but you know, the the six months before this, she began to have a personal revival in her life. She began to have a, a time where she was growing in her relationship with Christ and where she was, where she was able to, to believe God more than ever before. And you could see her faith and her actions work, working together. You could see her, her deeds. You could see her love for other people. It's building her up. She was on this mountaintop. But all of a sudden she found herself in 
in this valley. She found herself at this low point. Moms, dads, families, even in those low points. We leave a heritage of faithfulness when we believe and we trust God no matter what. It's hard to trust sometimes. It's hard not to focus on what's immediate right here in front of me. It's hard not to focus on my immediate circumstance. But we have to know that God is in control. Our emotions will lie to us. Our feelings will lie to us. We'll feel insignificant. We'll feel like what we're doing don't matter. The enemy will use every trap that he can to try to shake us off of our path and get us off of the direction that, that God has for us. Things will come up, circumstances in life. God just wants us to believe in him and, and, and let our life reflect that belief. So maybe this morning, maybe this morning you, you have scars. Maybe this morning you have hurts. Maybe you, this morning you have let something get you off track. Maybe God didn't show up when you thought God should have shown up. Maybe you were like Lazarus' family when they sent for Jesus and they said, hey, he's sick. See, they had, seen, they had seen Jesus heal sick people before. Jesus tarried. Jesus waited. See, they didn't do it the way that Jesus... They did, Jesus didn't do it the way they wanted Him to. Jesus did it His way in His time. And quite often when we're walking through stuff and we're waiting on His time, we're waiting on His purpose, we're waiting on His plan, it's easy to let our what we believe start to slip. God doesn't love us any less. God hadn't changed. He's still the same God today, yesterday, and forever. Sometimes we're focused on something that happened years ago. Maybe a good thing. Maybe we had this, this, this great experience back here. Maybe we're looking for a great experience in the future. But God's saying, I just want you to believe me and walk faithfully before me now. That's it, guys. Just in the day-to-day -day thing, in the day-to-day -day mundaneness of life. Enoch lived 365 years. He walked faithful, faithfully before God, and God took him. That's all that matters. All the stuff in the middle, all the junk that happened, the day-to-day -day struggles aren't even worth mentioning. Enoch walked faithfully with God, and God took him. So I would encourage you to do that wherever you're at in your walk. If your belief system has started to slip, if you're not doing those things that God has said that we should all do, you believe in God. You believe that there is a God. You believe in Jesus. You believe that Jesus died for your sins. Just start putting one foot in front of the other every day. Doing those things that you know that you need to do. Spending that time in the Word. Spending that time in fellowship. Spending that time in relationship with Him. And you'll notice God showing up in your life in ways that you never expected. Amen? All right, well, I appreciate the opportunity to, to share with you, with everyone this morning. And I, I 
you know, I, I want to, you know, uh, again, wish all the mothers happy Mother's Day, and I, I want to encourage you to be prayerful for, uh, of our, for our pastor and his family and everything that they're walking through right now because this is a low, low point, you know, but the, their, their beliefs and their faith in God is going to carry them through this. And uh, I, would in, I would encourage each of you, walk day in, day out, whatever's going on, focusing on Him. Amen? Amen. Let's pray it in uh, the end service. Father, I love you and I thank you for your word. I thank you, Father, that just through the routineness of life, just through the day in and day out things where, where life seems like it may be going nowhere, or we may be bored with life. Father, that you love us in those moments and that you want to speak to us in those moments. Father, I pray that you would teach all of us to be faithful. Father, I pray that you would help us to believe and to trust in your word. I pray that you would help us to believe more than ever before. I pray that you would make us hungry and thirsty. And Father, I pray that at the right time and the right moment at the right place that you would cause all the seeds that you've planted to begin to grow and to produce fruit in our lives. Father, I pray that you would bless all of our mothers today. Father, I pray that you would speak to their hearts, that you would show them your ways, that you would help them to honor you in everything that we do and say. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.